Welcome to an eternity of basketball. We're about to start our 186th episode. But before that, we remind everyone we're part of the Globally Ballin Network, another show on the network. Who the heck are we? They have a latest episode, episode 128 with Camille Rodriguez, Laban, Filipinas. Catch that on their page. Most trending episodes on YouTube. Mon Fernandez is at number one. Uh, Berhel Meneses is at number four. All the way down to Oscar Rocha at number 10. Which one is your favorite? Keep watching us on the YouTube channel of Globally Ballin. Check out globallyballin.com. To check the original articles, audio, and video projects of the Globally Ballin Network. And catch us live on Twitter as well. Globally Ballin Twitter page has a streaming right now, so you can watch from there as well. Link tree slash Globally Ballin is what you need for all of that. And uh, yeah, let's bring in Noel, Sid. Okay, they're here, the usual crew. And uh, I'm Charlie Kuna. This is episode 186 of An Eternity of Basketball. And we're an hour early today, so if you're wondering why you got your phone alerts too early today, it's because uh, we moved it back by an hour to start. Lots of things to talk about because this guy's an NBA veteran. Our guest today is an NBA veteran. Came to the Philippines, took the league by storm, brought his first team, the Oodles, uh, the Pure Foods Oodles, to Oodles, the finals. Yeah. They didn't make it. They didn't win the championship, but he came back. He joined the enemy the next time he came back in 1995. He transferred to the other team, to the Sun Kissed Orange Juicers, and he brought them all the way to the championship, won the, mo- the best import award in that conference. Uh, my two friends, Noel and Sid, are happy because he's a former Boston Celtic, and we will talk about that as well. So let's bring him right in. One of the hardest working imports. Everybody knows the effort this guy would put in. Ronnie Grandison, all the way from Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to an eternity of basketball, Ronnie. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I appreciate you taking the time. Hey, thanks for accepting our invitation. You know, we know you've been on a couple of shows before, especially one of our friends, Kiko, had you on his show as well. But we want to get to the nitty gritty, talk about how you know you made it, how you came to the Philippines, and all of that. But we'll start from the start, Ronnie. Um, in a in a country where there's so many sports, kids are asked to play all these sports. What did you play when you were when you were young? Did you play all the different sports, and why did you eventually decide on basketball as, as the one that you're going to pursue? Well, you know, I grew up in the city of LA, and I grew up right in the city, so it wasn't uh, a lot of opportunity. But what we did do is we played football and basketball. Those are the two sports that we played because uh, we'd get a football and play on the streets, and then uh, basketball you can always find a hoop at a school ground and uh, play there. So those are the two sports that I did. And I thought I was going to be a football player. Um, I was kind of small, and uh, we used to watch football every Sunday, and that's what I thought I was going to do. But, you know, obviously that changed. Well, what what made it change? Play? Okay. Uh, I, started, I started to grow. And uh, I was, uh, as a freshman, I remember wanting to go to high school to play tackle football. And um, what happened was uh, I got a chance to do that as a freshman. But when I – I uh, took my physical. I was five foot nine inches and I was 125 pounds. So that was my freshman year of football. And I actually played middle linebacker, which was crazy. Really? Uh, I was just too little and, and, you know, shouldn't have did that. I got tore up. But, uh, you know, the next year, my sophomore season, I was six foot four inches. Uh, So I grew eight inches over the summer. I grew so tall that people didn't even recognize me when I came back. So they were like, you know, looking at taking a double take and saying, is that you? 
and say, yeah. So I grew to six four, and and that was the year I started to play basketball. Well, I played basketball my freshman year, but I wasn't very good. But my sophomore year, I started to take off as a basketball player. So I stuck with that. Any idols growing up, Ronnie? I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You were a Lakers fan. Uh, NBA idol uh, George the Iceman Gervin. Oh, that was my oh, guy. Wow. Uh, I loved watching him play. I thought he had one of the best games ever. And, uh, you know, he's still, you know, I think he was ahead of his time. He's kind of like Pete Maravich, uh, just ahead of his time, just could score on anywhere on the court. Uh, was a real smooth player. I really loved watching him play. That was my idol. Curious about that choice. Uh, why George Gervin, considering you're an LA guy, lots of superstars in that part of the world and even nearby yeah, in, in, yeah. In, with the Warriors in California, in the state. But then you, you went all the way to San Antonio. To, to <laughs> I don't know. I think I just was intrigued by uh, his style of play. I remember playing against the Lakers all the time. And I was a Laker fan at that time. And uh, I remember playing. I, I, I went to a game when I was in college and he scored like, you know, 30 in the third quarter or something like that. It was something yeah. crazy and uh, just was smooth. He didn't do anything very yeah. fast, just smooth. And I love that poster where you're sitting on the blocks of ice and he had basketball yeah, yeah. on the side. The uh, ice man. Yeah, iconic poster. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Was, he was my favorite yeah. player. They would they would put that poster in the stores beside the Moses holding yeah. the, the staff yeah. With uh -huh. the ball like that, right? Moses, and then you had the. You yeah. remember that one too? That's pretty of good. Of course, of course. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. his brother actually played in the PBA. I don't know if uh, you played at the yeah. same time. Derek. Yeah, Derek. Derek yeah, I did remember that. Yep. I remember he played. In PBA. Yeah. Yep. And then a few years ago, his son, G. Gervin, also played. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's nice. Good deal. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I, I even forgot that one that G. Gervin played here as yeah, well. G. Gervin yeah, played, played, but he didn't yeah. last too long. <laughs> yeah, I had a chance to meet George Gervin at the uh, L.A. All-Star Game when they had the All-Star Game in L.A. And we did a, a deal with the uh, NBA Cares program. And, and uh, he was right across me, so I had a chance to meet him and, and go from oh, there. Wow. So it was, it, was a, it was a great moment, man. That was, that was sure, my childhood yeah. item. I'm sure, yeah, and that guy, that guy is really great. I think uh, Chicago underutilized him when he went over there. Anyway, oh, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so you're there, you're, you're playing, you're you're playing at the in high school, and, and you're making a name for yourself. And now you're a big, you're a big guy now. You're six four, six five, uh, I'm six eight now, man. I'm six. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, but in high school, but in high school, no, so, and, and then yeah. all and all these all these scouts are the scouts watching you now, and then then are they recruiting you all over the place? Uh, was it was it an in-state thing? That's why you ended up at. UC Irvine, or were there scouts from all over the country coming over to get you? Yeah, what happened was um, we had a uh, – my freshman year, um, like I said, I was probably 10th, 11th man on the team. And then uh, we had a coach that really put a lot of time and effort into, you know, getting players to come to school where I went to school. And uh, we actually had one of the top teams in the country my senior year. And um, – the amazing part about it is when I was a sophomore, I got a chance to see uh, a gentleman. His name was Butch Hayes. And uh, Butch was a really good basketball player. And he was recruited by every college in the country. And back then, they didn't have any rules. So, you know, they used to call him all the time. They would come to all our games. I mean, we'd have 20 scouts sitting in the stands watching Butch play. Uh, there was one scout that followed him around so much that we used to call him his daddy. You know, that's, that's your daddy following you, man. I'm telling you, he was there everywhere we went. We'd go into eat, he was there. We'd go to the store, he was there. 
So they really wanted Butch, and there was two other players on that team that got heavily recruited. So that was the beginning of my eyes being open that I could potentially play basketball in college. So mm-hmm. basically just worked my tail off. And then my senior year, what happened is we had four seniors get uh, Division One scholarships. We had five juniors get Division One scholarships and three sophomores. So we had 12 Division One scholarships on our team of 15 when I played in high school. And that's just unheard of. Uh, so we had a powerhouse group. Uh, practices were crazy. We played hard. We went after each other. Uh, it was just a, a great situation at that time. So I got a chance to get recruited. I wasn't really uh, the, the top recruited player on the team. There's another kid named Corey Gaines. You might have known him. He played in oh, the NBA. Of course, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Corey yeah. also coached. He was he was another guy that was the top recruit uh, in the country. He was one of those guys that every college recruited him. I probably had about 25 scholarship offers, but Corey probably had, you know, 200, 300 scholarship offers. You do know that Butch Hayes played here in, in the PBA, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, For Manila Butch, Beer. Yeah, uh, I remember that. I remember he played there. He played also in Australia. Butch mm-hmm. was an amazing player in high school. Um, he, he could play defense so well that he would, wouldn't let you get cross half court. And uh, he would just do it with his feet. So it was, he was just uh, an amazing player. Now, he kind of plateaued when he got to college. But um, I tell you what, in high school, he was one of the best high school players I've ever seen play the game. Yeah, yeah. And we remember him here as yeah. well. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so How did you end up at uh, – uh, you stayed home for your first college, right? Uh, yeah. You used your vine. Why did you choose that? I mean, I, you know, I it's more that known for its academic uh, – uh, reputation, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I was looking at going into engineering at the time, and uh, we had a good engineering school. But uh, I really chose Irvine because it was close to home. Um, I grew up in a single parent home. My dad left when I was seven, and uh, you know, for the most part, um, my mom was everything to me, and I wanted to stay close. And uh, that gave me an opportunity to stay close to home. I would have loved to have gone to USC. That was really where I wanted to go to school at. But for some odd reason, USC and UCLA only recruited the top, you know, two or three players in the in the state of California. And uh, so I didn't get a chance to go there. So I decided to go to, to um, Irvine. UC Irvine actually produced also one of the PBA players, if you guys know. Tony De La Cruz went to UC Irvine yeah, as well. Yeah, Tony yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, the amazing part about Irvine, uh, when I chose the school, I – it, you know, it wasn't the best choice, I think, as far as I probably could have went to a better school. But mm-hmm. it's amazing that they produced a lot of NBA players out of that school. Yeah, right. um, mm-hmm. There were several of us that played in the NBA and, uh, you know, maybe five, five players that. Uh, Scotty Brooks. Yeah, Scotty Brooks. Um, yeah. Um, ben, ben McDonald. I don't know if you guys know mm-hmm. him. Yeah, Bob yeah. Thornton. Bob Thornton's another guy playing. Bob Thornton. Yeah, yeah. For the yep, Sixers. Tom, 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 Tom Tolbert. Tom yeah. Tolbert, too. Tom Tolbert. Yeah. Um, so it was a lot of players that went to school there. They actually got a chance to play in the NBA. So it was it was a s- small school. They had a little bitty gym. Um, it just wasn't that great college atmosphere. But um, they actually put put out a bunch of NBA guys. So it was kind of nice. That's yeah, right. But after yeah, only two years at, at Irvine, you, you find yourself in New Orleans. Uh, yeah. That move. Yeah. 
that was tough because um, I kind of established myself down in, you know, it's about an hour from my house and uh, <laughs> was really looking forward to it, but things just didn't work out with the coach and myself. Um, mm -hmm. um, I was thinking about just quitting basketball and going to school, to be honest. Um, oh, wow. But okay. yeah, it, it was, it was one of those situations where I was just, it was just frustrating and uh, I just didn't see the worth in it, but decided to keep going and uh you know i actually went to tulane university i don't know if you guys know yeah, that yeah. Um, tulane, yeah. and tulane i redshirted there and they had a uh, point shaving scandal yeah, and, yeah. Uh, john, john hot rod john hot rod williams yeah hot rod, you guys man you guys are on it man look at that <laughs> uh, yeah i was redshirting there and uh the crazy part about it is when i was um you know, the, the, the coach called us in for a meeting and he said, hey, I just want you guys to know there's some rumors going around that we're point shaving and yada, yada, yada. So he was going on and on about that. And he said, look, don't talk to anybody. Just send them our way. And I was like, OK, we were all looking at each other like, wow, you know, this is ridiculous. So it was Tuesday the next uh, the, of that next week. Uh, turned on the news. Some of the players running down to my room. Hey, Ronnie, look at the news. Look at the news. And they're like, what? And they had arrested Hot Rod. They had arrested uh, another guy, David Dominique. Um, and we're looking for a couple of other players. And I'm sitting here like, wow, man, this is amazing. So Wednesday, the next day, the head coach resigned, the athletic director resigned, the assistant coach resigned. I think one assistant stayed, but all the rest of the folks resigned. And we're like, I'm like, man, I transferred to a school and it's going downhill. So Thursday, I wake up to go to class. There's all these television trucks on campus and there. I'm like, well, what is going on? And, and someone walked up to me and said, yeah, he said they, they dropped the entire program. So basketball is wow. no longer being played at two nights. And I'm sitting there like, what? So <laughs> I'm, I, I was so at first I thought it was going to be a probation. But then all of a sudden we didn't have a program. And I'm sitting here saying, man, I can't believe I transferred to a school that all this stuff is going on. Yeah. So I went home, took a nap. I said, I'm just going to go to sleep, man. So I went to sleep. <laughs> the phone rings. It's ringing like crazy. And I'm like, I wake up and I answer the phone. And it is the coach at Irvine was calling me to come back to Irvine. I mean, he knew in a matter of two hours, you know, that the program was gone and he was trying to recruit me to come back to Europe. Wow. Without social media, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. No, exactly. Just to put things in perspective, the phone then was really <laughs> a, a box. It was really rings. ringing. Yeah, it, was, it was really yeah. ringing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you can't, so you can't turn it off. My yeah. world just turned upside down. I mean, I was, I couldn't believe this all happened. So basically what happened was they said to the NC2A said, you know, well, the remaining players on the team, they can go wherever they want. And uh, I was able to, um, I went to New Orleans. I didn't want to make a big change. I got recruited by a couple of really big schools, Villanova. I got recruited by uh, Arizona, um, University of Washington, some of those places. But I didn't want to make another big change. So I decided to stay at New Orleans and finish my career there. Okay. And, uh, and obviously, the, from that point when you're playing in New Orleans now, you get your feet back, you know, into basketball after a year off, uh, point shaving and all of that. Uh, and now it's it's different scouts now. It's NBA scouts who are watching your games now. Anyway. Yeah. And and then and, and did did you have any inkling when when it was the time to get drafted that the Denver Nuggets were going to choose you? I did not. Um, again, my my path has always been hard, and I've always had to work at it. 
Um, even when I was playing in New Orleans, my senior year, I was having a really good senior year. It was never really, hey, this team's looking at you, that team's looking at you. They were coming to look at a guy named Liddell Eccles. Do you guys remember him? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I That's played with Eccles. And, uh, he played here too. He played here too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was the number one junior <laughs> college player in the nation. Uh, uh -huh. And he came to our school as a junior, and he was averaging 24 points a game and just could shoot it from, you know, the half court. Uh, okay. And he wouldn't play a lick of defense, though, but he could shoot it from wherever he wanted. <laughs> and uh, and Liddell, uh, was, there was a lot of scouts coming to see him. And so didn't have anything right before the draft. Started to get some things coming my way. Um, I, had, I had heard from our uh, public relations guy that the NBA was wanted some game fill on me because they thought I would be a sleeper in the first round. And I... I was like, I couldn't believe that because I just never heard anything <laughs> from anybody and just didn't know. But, you know, I went to the two pre-draft camps. There was three pre-draft camps. There was one in Chicago, uh, one in Portsmouth. I think they still have both of those. Yeah. And there was another one in Hawaii. They would have one in Hawaii. And there was the top, I think, the top 120 players at Portsmouth, the top 60 players in Chicago, and the top uh, 20 players went to Hawaii. And so... Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, doing the math, I was like, hmm, it's got to be the third round. It's got to be at least the third round. And uh, unfortunately, that day was not as exciting as I thought it would be. <laughs> I was pretty disappointed <laughs> I got drafted in the fifth round to the Denver Nuggets. But, uh, you know, now looking back on it, I'm thankful I even got drafted. Man. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, you were right. at number 100 and then just, you know, just to mention – yeah, yeah, just to mention the other PBA imports in that same draft, Dennis Hobson, of course, okay. number three. Number three. Tony White. Tony yep. White at Tony 33. White. Tony White, New Vincent Vincent Askew. Yep, Vincent. Yep. As well. Terrence State. Bailey. Terrence Bailey. Yep, I remember. Uh, Andrew Kennedy. Okay. Jamie, Jamie Waller. Winston yeah. Kreit. Kevin yep. Gamble, wow. who you played with in the NBA. Kevin, Kevin Gamble yep. and the yep. Celtics also. <laughs> Gerald Chu Kennedy. Yep, Chu mm. Kennedy, I remember him. Carl Lott and Kenny Thomas. Carl Lott's TCU. Kenny Travis. Okay, course, Kenny also. Travis. From New Mexico, I think. Yeah. So, you know, so those are the guys who were also PBA imports who were in that same yeah. draft. Those, those yeah. were a yeah, bunch of were, iconic yeah. PBA imports. Yeah, by the some way. of them. Well, most of really them, yeah. Were, really yeah, good imports. Yeah, a lot of those there. guys are, were journeymen like me. Um, just mm. bounce around and try to make it happen. And so it's kind of cool to see that they've had a chance to play uh, all over. So that's good. It's great. Yeah, and the, yeah. the Pinoy fans remember those guys as well. You know, now now's the perfect time, guys. Let's enter the first segment of our show. It's called the Time Capsule. Uh oh. Time okay. Capsule is it's brought to <laughs> us by brought to us by Fitbit. Go Noel brand is that Fitbit. It helps everyone in the world get healthier from counting your steps to giving personalized insights oh, on your heart rate and sleep patterns. Go. Log your exercise and access great <laughs> tools and content on the Fitbit Premium, all on the Fitbit platform. Check out all their products on Fitbit.com. Feel I'm the power. I'm my biceps. All right. So we're going to enter the time capsule now prepared by Mr. Sid Ventura. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Where'd you guys get that from, man? <laughs> we just found it lying around somewhere. You got snitches right? all over the world. Yeah, look, no, no here now. Look, no here now. <laughs> I know, I know. This is, a, this is a different person. This this guy looks like a linebacker. I mean, you know, yeah, this guy can play yeah. football on the screen right now. I mean, it's, it's a long funny. way from there. But this was your graduation photo? Yep. 
from where? Is this high school or high is school? Yeah, uh, St. Bernard's, Bernard's High School. Yep, yeah, my yeah, senior year, eighty-two, wow. nineteen eighty-two. Wow, <laughs> that's a long time ago, huh? Forty it is years a ago. long time ago. 80, eighty-two. Sid, Sid and I were in the seventh grade. <laughs> <laughs> I was in sixth grade, actually. Okay, wow. <laughs> I was in I was in third grade, so. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> now we're getting younger. Everyone's getting younger. Yeah. <laughs> trying to go, we're all trying to go back the time capsule. So this is this is you. And, and at this point in time, you did you have any idea you would be playing in the NBA in a couple of years, few years? No, like no. I, you know the thing about it is, I always dreamed of playing professional sports. And my mom always tells a story. Um, I, as a kid, I just you know we do all kind of stuff. So I was outside. I had a saw, like a a bit saw, and I took and I, I drilled in the house, Ronnie the pro. And, uh, I, and, and again, I thought I was going to play football, to be honest, because that was the sport I really wanted to play. And, uh, you know, mom, mom always said, you, you said you're going to be a pro one day. But, you know, going through what I was going through, I had no idea, man. I had no idea that I was going to be able to make it this far. But you were a 6'4 already when this picture was taken, right? I was <laughs> a little bit taller. I got to 6'7 by my senior year. And yeah. then I grew another inch in college, so that, that got me up to six eight. Well, what was your playing weight, uh, Ronnie, when you were a pro? Uh, like with the Celtics, um, I was probably two hundred and forty pounds. Um, yeah, yeah, right around there. Yeah, back pretty, then. pretty solid. Um, lifted all the time. Um, you know, I wasn't real skilled. You guys watch my games. I wasn't the most skilled player out there. And I didn't jump the highest, didn't run the fastest, but I did work the hardest. And so I had to use more of my body to be more physical and, you know, take you inside and, you know, use a bigger, stronger frame to move you around, things like that. So I got a little more skilled toward the end of my career, but uh, it was a little bit too late, especially playing in the NBA when you see these guys can do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Did, did any of the football training when you were young affect the way you played <laughs> basketball? Uh that we actually, I actually played flag football, in, you know, all the way through eighth grade. That was went to Catholic school, and that's what happened. They played flag. They didn't play any tackle. So finally, when I went to high school, that's when we played tackle football. And I still, man, I was, like I said, 125 pounds, and I was soaking wet, man. So it took me a while to get to that size. My, I think my sophomore year in college, that's when I started to really put on some weight and get more solid i think by the time i was a junior i was close to 235 somewhere around there so so uh it, it took a lot man it took a lot to get my frame at that point but what was it no, difficult just, for you to bulk up because you you're looking at you right now it's like yeah. you, usually when we see uh the older imports they're a lot bigger than they were you're, you seem like a lot thinner than you were before yeah was it difficult for you to maintain a certain weight no, not necessarily, because because I could eat, man. I tell you, I was one of those guys, man. I could put some food down, but um, you know, I think the biggest thing is I spent so much time in the weight room. I'd probably, you know, be like two hours in the weight room working out, and then you know, after I got married and had kids and all that stuff, you know, that kind of toned down. So I started to slim back out again. Uh, I remember playing with the Knicks that one year, and I was just starting to slowly. Slim back out because I just didn't have the time to lift as much. Um, but you know, when I was younger, I was I was in the weight room all the time. It was uh, just something that I did. You know, I, I just like to mention uh, you, you were talking about you weren't the most talented, but you worked so hard and all of that. When I when when Sid when Sid posted on his page that you were going to be our guest, 
there were two comments on that post. Two comments. One, the first comment, one guy says, this guy Marlo says, boringly great import. I don't know how you take that. Boringly great import, okay? And then the other comment, this is the other comment by Robert Viola, good friend of the show. 1% exciting, 99% efficient, equals 100% champion. I think those are I think those are compliments. I would say those are compliments, uh, Ronnie. Yeah, so. and I, I I totally agree. Um I remember when I came to the Philippines, I just didn't know nobody put together a memo on what I was supposed to do. Uh so <laughs> I just was trying to 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 win basketball games. And I remember playing with, with uh, Alvin and Jerry and those guys, and they were talented. So, you know, I saw a lot of the other inputs. They would, they would, you know, you know, they would shoot every shot. They wouldn't use their teammates. So I was totally different. So that's why I'm so boring. Uh, but I tell you what, the players love me because they were like excited to get yeah. their situation going in the right directions. Well, you know, it's a boring wow, that picture there, man. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to get to this picture. Yeah. Yeah, I want to get to this picture. To get the set for him. Uh, yeah. sure in practice. Uh, well, first yeah, of yeah. all, how would you end up with the Celtics, uh, Ronnie? Uh, that was that was an amazing story. So, um, basically, my I got drafted by the Nuggets. What happened is I was their last pick. Mm -hmm. I mean, their last cut. I'm sorry, I was their last cut. Um, I was the fifth round draft pick. My agent was saying, "Don't go, don't go. You're not going to make the team. Fifth round pick is not going to happen." Um, and I said, you know what? It's chance of a lifetime. You don't get a chance to get drafted in the NBA and go to NBA training camp, all that stuff. I'm going for it, went after it. Um, I was right there to make that team. Um, what happened was um, the they had a second-round pick, a third-round pick, fourth-round pick, six, seven, and six and seven. Uh, we did a rookie camp, and they cut the sixth and seventh guy, and then we did the regular training camp, and uh, what happened is they cut the third guy, the, the third round pick. And so it was the second, fourth, and, and fifth, which was me. So I'm battling and working hard every day. And that was one of the hardest training camps I've ever been to in my entire life. And, you know, I'll tell you later, but Pat Riley's training camps are hard too, but that one was hard. And uh, I tell you, we, we ran the whole time for two hours and it was twice a day. So we go from, you know, 10 to 12 and then five to seven. And I mean, just ran the whole time. So uh, back in that was Doug Moe uh, was the coach, uh, Alex English, TR Dunn, those guys. Uh, and yeah. It was amazing, amazing. But uh, I got cut and Doug Moe said to me, he said, Ronnie, he said, you were really close. He said, you need to work on your skills, but you should play in the CBA. And so I never thought about playing in the CBA. I was looking at, you know, just going back to school and finishing and getting my degree. And I said, you know, I'm going to give it a shot. So I went and played in the CBA. I went to Rochester, Minnesota, played in the CBA. And then what happened was um, about halfway through, I saw that this wasn't going anywhere in a sense. It just was kind of a Mickey Mouse run situation. And I said, I'm going to go back to school and get my degree. Uh, the coach at that time had said that I was being stupid because he said, you got a chance to play in the NBA. There's people calling for you and yada, yada, yada. And I was like, coach, I'm going back. So I went back to play in the uh, – I mean, went back to school, finished my – got my degree, decided to go back out in the summertime to play in the summer league. Uh, I played in, with Denver in the summer league, and then I played with Milwaukee in the summer league, and then nothing came of either one of those situations. Uh, about three weeks – 
before training camp was about to start, I get a phone call from my agent. He said, hey, I just want you to know that the Boston Celtics would like you to come to uh, their their uh, training camp. And I was like, wow, the Celtics. Um, and it was crazy because I was a an L.A. fan, and I couldn't stand the Celtics. <laughs> and I'm sitting here saying, there's no way I want to go out there <laughs> and play the Celtics. But, you know, opportunity, man. I'm like, no, uh-uh, I'm going. I became a Celtics fan really fast and decided <laughs> to go out and, and do the deal with the Celtics. And, uh, uh, I mean, the amazing – it was another miracle that I made the team. What happened was um, – uh, Gerald Patio, Brian Shaw was their first round pick. Gerald Patio was their third round pick. Um, yeah. And they brought in Ramon Rivas, who's standing mm-hmm. in that picture the there. Tempo, yeah. And they brought in um, Ramon Rivas and, and myself and another guy named Enos Watley. So they Enos just Watley, yeah. had yeah. about, yeah. I think it was 16, maybe 16 or 15, 15 people in training camp or 14. It was actually 14. And 12 were going to make the team. So the two that was looking like we weren't going to make the team was myself and Enos Wiley. Well, um, I go to training camp, played as hard as I could, did all the things. But, you know, when you got to the exhibition games, you didn't, I didn't play. Um, they were giving Gerald Patio a grand opportunity to play. And, of course, Brian Shaw was going to play. He was going to, you know, be their point guard. So basically uh, what happened was um, um, six – we went to Spain that year. That was the first time we traveled yeah. up to Spain to play in a tournament against the Spaniards and came back the next day we had an optional practice. So it was four days before cuts. We had an optional practice. So I'm there, of course, you know, I'm like, I go to everything and Gerald patio just knew he was going to make the team. So he decided to go look for an apartment, you know, use that day to go look for an apartment so he can, you know, uh, find a place to live. And so Chris Ford at the time was at the optional practice. And he said, where's Jared? And I don't know where he is. And somebody said, well, I don't think he's coming. He went to go look for an apartment. And so he called Jimmy Rogers on the phone in the training room. And Jimmy Rogers, was our head coach, Jimmy Rogers said, put Ronnie on the phone. I said, okay. I get on the phone. He said, Ronnie, I'm going to give you an opportunity to make this team tomorrow. And I'm sitting here, you, you, I mean, I couldn't sleep the whole night, man. I mean, I'm like <laughs> nervous. Man. I'll tell you what, that game, I went out and I had one of the best games of my life. I think I scored 13 points and five rebounds in, in about 12 minutes. And uh, that was it. I made the team from there. So I did that and I played they the next patio. Yes, and, and patio didn't. It was, I was on the <laughs> Yeah. So... It was it was a, an amazing amazing run, and uh, if Gerald doesn't go look for a pat, for an apartment, guess what? I'm cut. I'm cut. He, was, he was he was looking for some furniture because that was his nickname, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Gerald Furniture yeah. Patio, and then of course Enos Watley. Enos Watley came here too. He played, you know, he he was an, yeah. he was a PBA yeah. champion as well back in eighty. Yeah, San Miguel. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Enos is a good player. He's a nice point guard, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. he was. But so what I was it like? What was it though, like? Yeah, yeah. With, uh, with with playing with that guy in, in yeah. '33. I mean, I'm well, sure he trashed him. What was? You should be asking him what it was like to play with me. No, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hey, if you can get him on the show, we'll ask him that for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Help us get him. Uh, amazing. Um, that was one of the best experiences I had in my life. I was glad I was a rookie 
playing with the Celtics because it, you know, I got a chance to see how it was to be done. Right. Um, you know, not every NBA team operates like a story franchise, like the Boston Celtics. And, uh, then there was veterans on the team that, you know, have been to the playoffs, they won championships, all that stuff. So we were, were focused and serious about what we did. Um, I was excited just to get a chance to learn, but you know, like you said, rubbing shoulders with Larry Bird was uh, just amazing. Um, he was one of the hardest working dudes I've ever seen in my life, and um, it was funny because, you know, I was the guy that used to, you know, stay the longest after practice and come early and all that stuff. So I had this thing that I was going to beat Larry to practice, and I was going to stay longer <laughs> than he stayed. Uh, I didn't get the one where I stayed longer because Larry would shoot for three hours after practice. I mean, he would be in the gym so long. uh, It just was, was crazy. But I I had, it's funny because when I as a, as a Laker fan, couldn't stand the Celtics, didn't, couldn't stand Larry Bird. But just when I got there and met him and saw what he did, I mean, I have so much respect for him. And just the way he played basketball, uh, he was really self-made. I'm telling you, he worked at it, worked at it, worked at it, worked at it. Um, There's a lot of guys that are so talented, they don't even really need to do anything. Larry, of course, was great talent, but he worked so hard to get himself to the position he was in. It was was just something to see and to follow after, and, you know, it was great. But that season, though, 88-89, Larry got injured, right? He only played mm-hmm. six games. Yeah, yeah he yeah. played six games. Yep. And uh, what happened is um, he had his heel surgeries. Uh, he had bone spurs in his heels, and it just was bothered him so much that he couldn't move. Um, so he had that. That helped me uh, because I got a chance to play uh, more than I thought I would. Um, I didn't think I was going to play very much as a Celtic. and um, But, you know, when Larry went down – um, I got a chance to get out there, and, and I played, I think, 72 games. So Yeah, 72. Probably when you moved to the Celtics, one of the <laughs> most iconic figures that you might want to meet there is Red Arback. So did Red Arback uh, frequent their practices, and you get to meet him, get to talk to him? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> funny story. So in a, I'm in a locker room. I, I'm sitting next to Larry Bird on one side. On the other side is Brian Shaw. And Red Auerbach used to come after the games. And what he would do is he would, you know, go around the locker room and congratulate everybody or whatever, if we won. <laughs> if, we <don't, laughs> if we lost, we wouldn't. But he would walk by and congratulate everyone. He, and he would go right by me. He wouldn't even shake my hand. So he'd shake Ryan's hand and then he'd go to Larry and shake his hand. So I guess that was a way that I had to earn my respect as a, as a uh, Celtic. And uh, so there was one time he said something to me. He never said a word to me, talked to everybody else but me. But there was one time he said something to me. I was I got a chance to play in the third game of the season against the, the Washington uh, Bullets at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, it was funny because what happened is Coach Rogers is going to put me in for Kevin McHale to give him like a two-minute blow uh, – in, in the fourth quarter. So we started the fourth quarter and then he, he sent me to the scorer's table. I went in to go for, go for Kevin McHale. And uh, what happened was it took me a long time for me to go into the game. So there was a TV timeout at eight minutes. 
And so he did, I was sitting at the table the whole time. And so coach Rogers didn't want to, you know, okay, right. Go back to the bench and, you know, we'll keep Kevin out there. So he put me in it with eight minutes to go. And I scored with the last four minutes to go to last six points of the game to win the game. And uh, I got a steal. And what happened is I got the ball and I, I, uh, I didn't go to shoot the layup because, and I had a clear layup, but I didn't go shoot the layup because I was trying to run the clock out. And so when I stopped to try to not go to shoot the layup, I slipped and uh, oh, I almost turned the ball over, but I got up and regained possession. And uh, I had these shoes, they're Wilson's. And uh, you can probably see it here. They, they have a W on that black deal. Those are Wilson shoes because Wilson wanted to try to break into the shoe market. And uh, they gave me a deal to, to wear them. So I'm like, sure, I'll do that. And uh, Red Aubach told the trainer, this is the only thing he said to me. He said, get that guy a real pair of shoes. <laughs> was it. He said to me the whole year, the whole year. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, so no, no cigars for you from, from no, Red not at all, man, not at all. But it was, it was great. Um, one of the awesome things about it is when I was playing one time, I was, I think we were playing against the Pistons and I was standing at half court and we were in the garden and I saw, I saw Red Albach. I saw, you know, uh, Bill Russell, uh, John Havlicek, they were all sitting in a row next to each other. Tommy Heinsohn was on the radio with Bob Cousy, uh, ML Carr, all these Celtic greats. I looked up and, and the banner, they had all the, the, the championships. And this was this was in the old garden. This was the one right, that yeah. they tore down. But uh, it, it was amazing, man. That was just an amazing experience. And uh, I'm thankful that it was the Celtics, really. I, I really am. That's something that will stick with me for the rest of my life. Thank but obviously, when when when, right when you team. got when you got signed uh, by the Boston Celtics, it was a one year contract, right, Ronnie? Yes, yes. And and I had a really good year that year. Um, you know, they weren't expecting me to do a whole lot, and I got a chance to get in some games. And there was actually two games that I won the most valuable player of the game. And um, I also had some surprise situations in February. I was averaging, I think in the month of February, I averaged maybe eight or nine points a game, which, you know, again, they weren't expecting that out of me. And uh, I was the guy that did all the dirty work. So mm -hmm. it, it was good being on the team. And at the end of the year, um, Jimmy Rogers came to me and said, uh, he said, Ronnie, I just want to let you know that we, you know, one of the bright spots of this season was you. And uh, he said, we didn't, you know, of course, we lost in the first round to the Pistons that year. Mm -hmm. He said, but one of the bright spots of the season was you. And he said, just, you know, we want, we want you to come back and yada, yada, yada. So I was excited about coming back and putting another year because I learned so much. But um, they drafted a guy named Mike Smith. I don't know if you guys remember him. Yeah, yeah. of course. Young. BYU, and, BYU uh, right? Yeah, BYU. Yeah, and, and, and he didn't really turn out, but he was a, played the same position. And I remember Jimmy Rogers giving me a call and said, man, he said, uh, I'm sorry, you know, You, you really did a lot for us, but um, we drafted right in your position. It'd be really tough for you to make the team. So okay. I tried to oh, go somewhere else. <laughs> That's when I started <laughs> bouncing around. Are you still in touch with some of the Celtic teammates that you, that you had at that, in that season? Um, I talked to Ramon Rivas. We were, we were tight because we were rookies. And that was when yeah. we used to, you know, they used to have where you room together. Uh, mm -hmm. And then they started giving people separate rooms. Uh, and 
they had told us, you know, hey, you know, if you want a, your own room, you got to pay for it. And uh, <laughs> so Ramon, I said, man, we, we need your room together, man, because I don't want to have to pay for these hotel rooms. <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense, man. We're just going to play yeah. basketball. And so Ramon and I roomed together. So we were pretty tight. Uh, you know, we kind of, you know, separated a little bit, but he was, he was, uh, he was probably the, the best guy or the guy in the most. Brian Shaw's another one. Uh, Brian Shaw was pretty tight. Kevin Gamble, too. Right. Kevin Gamble. Yeah. Kevin Gamble joined you guys, like, I think, mid season, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was right around Christmas. Uh, right yeah. after Christmas. playing here. After and, playing uh, here. Amazing. They're getting amazing cut situation. here. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he didn't play at all. I mean, I played, but he didn't play at all. And it wasn't until Dennis Johnson had a really bad ankle sprain that they decided that they were going to start Kevin at the two spot. And mm-hmm. Kevin, it was the last five games of the season. Kevin averaged like 25 yeah. the last five yeah, games right, of the right. season. Yeah, I remember I that. Mean, he just yeah. went off. And I was so excited for him because – if he doesn't, if he don't play those games, Kevin's not on the Celtics, and he doesn't have a yeah. career yet. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> so uh, I remember really because, well. yeah, I remember because you know he was cut by uh, Añejo or Ginebra okay. here. Okay. okay, he only played like four or five games, and then you know, a few weeks later he signs with the Celtics. So there were some newspapers here. Their headlines were like, uh, "Import rejected by Añejo." Science with the Celtics. <laughs> Something like imagine, that. imagine that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's usually it's the other way around, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, yeah, no, Kevin. So Kevin was pretty tight with him. So, but uh, the older guys, they, you know, they were more, you know, Larry and those guys. They were older than us. So. Yeah. Took took you a few years to get back to the NBA. In the, in the meantime, you were playing CBA basketball. Uh, you know, you played for several teams. This is this is one the one photo we could find uh, from your CBA for Omaha. You mentioned Rochester. You yeah. also played for Lacrosse, uh, Rockford. Uh, in, in, you know, throughout your career, you were going CBA and all of that. But yeah. you know, but you eventually you find your way back to, to the NBA. Uh, just a few games for for the Charlotte Hornets. You know, uh, how does that happen? You're, you're you're playing the CBA. They call you up. Yeah, they called me up. Um, that's the big deal when you play in the CBA. You got a chance to move up to the NBA. And I was one of those players that I felt that I had to stay in front of coaches and things like that. So you know, a lot of players went overseas to play. They went to Spain and Italy and all those different spots. But I stayed in the CBA. The other thing is I needed to develop. Um, what happened is um, I was a, a, I played the power forward my last two years of college basketball and I got pretty good at it. And I, I wasn't going to be able to play power forward in the NBA. It's just, I was just too small and uh, I needed to develop. So I felt that this, that the game of the CBA was better suited for me than trying to go over to Europe to play. So that's why I stayed in the CBA. What was the experience like at Charlotte though? It's an expansion team. And, yeah. Uh, just- they, they really didn't win much games. No. At the, well, that year, they were actually pretty good. Um, uh-huh. They had uh, Larry Johnson was there. Oh, yeah. Alonzo uh, Mourning yeah. was there. Uh, they actually were starting to turn a corner and becoming the better of the group of um, expansion teams because they had the uh, – it was Vancouver, Vancouver Grizzlies. 
it was um, Charlotte, and then Orlando. it was Orlando and Miami. And Miami. Right. Orlando was wasn't good. Miami wasn't good. Uh, Charlotte was starting to rise because they got some good draft picks, and Vancouver was okay. So Charlotte was mo- making that move, and the challenge that this is the thing about the call-ups is, you know, you got to play, and if you don't play, then it's there's no reason for anyone to call you up. I mean, yeah, you can make some money, but you know, you got to get get out there and play. And and what happened is, for the the the, the it was a month. They called me up for two ten days, and then they they uh, signed me to a contract. Then they cut me, but or actually actually they signed me to a contract and they cut me. And then they signed me for two ten days, keep me for a month. Mm-hmm. What happened is I only played and I think saw three games, and I actually had one game. I had fifteen points, but if you don't <laughs> get an opportunity to play, it's just not gonna not gonna work. And so here's the. I don't know if um, you know, I'm going to forget the guy's name, but he, he played in the CBA and he went to Orlando. And Orlando was so bad that they were just trying players. And he got a chance to play. And next thing you know, he proved himself. And next, he had a great NBA career. And I can't remember his name. Daryl Armstrong? Uh, Bowie. Bowie. Um, Anthony Bowie. Anthony Bowie. Anthony Bowie. Anthony Bowie. He had a great NBA career because he had a chance to play. So. That was the biggest deal for me is getting a chance to get on the floor and unfortunately it didn't didn't happen in Charlotte. But it was fun. It was a good experience. Got a chance to play with some good players and and it was a good deal. And then you go back, uh, you know, you go back to, to the CBA and all that. But then and then eventually, let's let's check the next photo. Eventually you 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 find yourself being called, uh-huh. being invited to yeah. play in the <laughs> Philippines. I mean, because that's a year after Charlotte. You you came to the Philippines, your first stint here. For the Pure Foods Oodles uh, team, okay. It's the yeah. noodles. Yeah, yeah. Did you know anything so, about the Philippines before they called you? Did not know anything. Um, really, it was uh, one of those situations where I was looking to make some extra money. Uh, they said to me I could come and play in the summertime, and that was a good time for me to go play. And, uh, and it was toward the end of the summer. And that was after I played in some of the NBA stuff, summer leagues and things like that. And I was pretty excited about getting over to the Philippines and playing. And I'm going to say this to you guys. Um, I enjoyed every moment of that. That was so fun because several things. One is I enjoyed the people. It was just great. Fan base was awesome. Um, was enamored by you know when i was with alvin patrimonio and he was like the the number one player at the time and yeah and i remember him signing every single autograph he'd have you know 50 60 people around him he would wait and sign every single autograph before he left uh just seeing that i remember trying to go down on a bus down the street in some of the the, the you know uh, areas and they wouldn't even let the bus move and it just was it was just amazing it was amazing um, the basketball was good that was another thing that I really enjoyed I went to Spain and the basketball wasn't very good I mean they had good players but they played you know more of a college style game it, the C, you know the PBA played an NBA style game and it was so much better for me to learn from playing there than it was going to, you know, I went to play for a group in Fetish Yidia and uh, 
it just, you know, different, different style. So I enjoyed the style. I enjoyed the people. I enjoyed, you know, the island. Everything was, was awesome. Um, and I was glad to, to be a part of that. I wish I would have come this year. I wish I'd have been there earlier because it took me a while to adjust to the time change and, you know, and, and just, I just sweat like, I probably lost 20 pounds over there. <laughs> Yeah, so you came. Hot. You came in. You came in the run as a replacement import, right? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember who I replaced, but I replaced Anthony. Somebody. It was Anthony Jones, and then Kerry Skurdy. Kerry Skurdy, yeah. Yeah. Kerry Skurdy, yeah. and then you came in. I think four or five games into that conference. Yeah. And then they, yeah. they put you up. You know, I'm sure they they played you 48 minutes your first game in. Yeah. Against yeah. top level competition like this guy <laughs> that they're guarding, Ronnie Tompkins, yeah. Ronnie yeah. Tompkins was a pretty yeah. damn good player, the late Ronnie yeah. Tompkins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was your first impression of your, your coach? Your coach was John Reyes, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's good. Over. He's a good coach. He did a good job. Um, the, the only thing that it was a little tough for me is they practiced a lot of times so hard. And, you know, and then you expect to play a lot. And it's like, you know, you got to give me a chance to rest. And I was one of those guys. I'm going to go hard. I'm not going to, you know, come to practice and go not – like some of the, I heard some of the players wouldn't even practice, you know, I'm like, that's not me, you know, I'm going to practice and I'm going to be an example and try to lead the team. And so, um, but that was, other than that, um, he did a good job. He did a really good job coaching us. Um, I felt like uh, I just needed to adjust to the style of play a little bit better. I just didn't know what was expected of me. I just tried to play as hard as I could and do the best I could do. Um, and the Sun, the Swift team, they were they were actually pretty pretty well seasoned at the time. So that was a tough one. I think if we'd have had a little bit longer, you know, uh, time in the in the Philippines, I think I, it took me about three weeks to kind of get my bearings on day and night. And yeah. uh, you know that that was uh, it's funny because the first week I was fine, but after that, the next two weeks I was like, wow, I'm, I just don't Jet feel like. So, uh, yeah, you. It's you. So, yeah. so I was there for five weeks and I think if I would have had a, you know, a little bit longer stint, uh, maybe coming in in the beginning, I think I would have did a little bit better. You but, do know that Chad Reyes is now the national team coach in the Philippines. Yeah, I did hear that. Um, I, I think I get a feed on Facebook and I saw that somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So he's good dude, man. Good dude. Yeah. yeah. But back then that was his actually first year as a head coach. In the, in the PBA. So he was, he was a rookie head coach at the oh, time. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But I wanted to ask you when your first game in the PBA, maybe first two games, who was the player who, you know, welcomed you to um, the PBA yeah. with a, you know, with a hit or whatever, forearm, <laughs> chop, elbow. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. Um, <laughs> I will tell you this story. Um, and you guys might have remembered this, but, um, uh, this was when I was with Sunkiss. I was at half court, and uh, I can't remember who it was. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember the team. But one of the guys, you know, I was sitting at half court, and they do the tip ball, and he just, boom, he just laid me out with an elbow. So I turned around, I just slapped him right in the face, man. And I'm like, and, and the ref gave me a text for it. And, uh, and I just remember being feeling so bad because I've never – you know, I've never done that in my entire life playing basketball. It, but it was just a reaction. It, it took a Filipino to get you to react. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And, and it's funny yeah. because I oh remember that you know 
they would put the Filipino on me and they would, you know, foul me hard and all that stuff. And it just, it just came out of me. So that was, but I don't remember the first person that, that welcomed me to the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> but do you remember the locals who, you know, guarded you really well? Remember that yeah. Anything? Yeah. I mean, I don't remember all the names. Um, um, I know Swift had a good guy that guarded me well. Uh, he's about six eight. I can't remember his name, but he was a pretty good, decent player, and he just defended me the whole time. I was a banger, though. I, I loved the, the the physical side of it. Um, you know, I started to develop an outside game toward the end of my career, which was good. But um, uh, it, you know, to me, I, the more physical, the better. You know, so yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's the way you played. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's yeah, look at the next photo. photo. Carly, what's next? Okay, okay is, you're, you're, you're on the cover. You're yeah, on the cover. Derek yeah. Hamilton. Yeah. Derek Hamilton, yeah. Kenny, Ken Redford. Uh, Kenny yeah, Redfield. Uh, yeah, Redfield uh, on the right. Uh, Kenny Redfield on the right. Who's this Santa Lucia import? I don't know him. Frederick uh, yeah. Lewis, Frederick P, something like that. Frederick yeah. P, okay. Yeah, yeah. P. Yeah. And then there's, there's, there's your guys yeah. on the other side, but now you're playing against Alvin and Jerry. They're guarding you. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're hitting on you. Yeah. They're going to hit you now, and then, you know, now you have to play against them. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a good uh, good series. Had fun. Um, I tell you what, uh, Ken, Ken was, uh, he was a gamer. Uh, I remember several games we'd be up the whole time. He would miss 11 threes in a row. And the next thing you know, he hit the next four. Um, okay. Just, just was amazing. Just, just knew how to play. And uh, he was, he was one of those dudes, man. I just like, wow, I, I you got to watch out for him because you think he's not going to do anything. And the next thing you know, he's just, just a game. So uh, I remember Derek Hamilton, you know, slim, uh, hard worker. Uh, it's fun to play against him. Uh, so it was fun. It was good to go back up against uh, Jerry and Alvin. That was fun. It was it was kind of cool. I, I need to ask spot, when, when you were when you were in the Philippines. You know, you'd go out after the games. What was your favorite hangout place in the Philippines? If you remember the name and, and the kind of food you used to eat here, I, I'll be honest with you, man. My my wife and kids were with me. I went straight home. Uh, I would get oh. something to eat and go. No, home. no Jollibee, huh? No Jollibee. Bed, yeah, yeah, because. Uh, I mean, in all honesty, uh, it just just took me a lot to keep my weight up, and because I was sweating so much every day, it's just uh, so I I I'd go home, go to bed. I, I'm still like that now, you know. It, it's funny because I'm hour past my bedtime right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll hurry up. Don't worry. No, no, you're good. My my yeah, question yeah. for you, Ronnie, is '93. Your teammates with Alvin. That was his yeah. uh, one of his one of his MVP years. Now you're in Sunkiss. Your teammates with another player who was that was also his MVP year, Verhel Meneses. Yeah, what do you remember about Verhel? Um, very, very good uh, quality player um, was just athletic. It's amazing, and and. Again, I don't want to say this in the wrong way. It's just just to see a Filipino that athletic was blew me away. Um, mm -hmm. Just with one hand, just take the ball to the rim, scoop it up, all kind of different ways. I watched a highlight film on him uh, just recently, just to go back and see some of the stuff he used to do. He used to do just amazing things. Yeah. And I, I and I'm going to say this. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I think those guys were able to win MVP because I shared the ball with them. Um, mm -hmm. I, I would go and talk to, to uh, Alvin and tell him, man, Alvin, you need to 
do what you do and I'll work off of you. Um, I did that with Manessas for hell Manessas, you know, Hey, do what you do. And I'll work off of you, man. And I'll, I'll get mine. Cause I'm going to get rebounds. I'm going to get, you know, I don't need the ball in my hands all the time. And I remember playing, um, uh, who's the big guy, Bob, uh, he, he averaged like 41. What'd you say? Bobby Parks? Bobby Parks? No, not Bobby Parks. Um, was it an import? He was an import. Yeah, he was an import, big guy. Played the same year I played, and he was averaging, and when I was playing with Pure Foods, I believe, and he was averaging 41 points, and I couldn't believe No, when I played with Sunkit, he's averaging 41 points a game, and I couldn't believe it. Um, and he's left-handed, left-handed. Oh, yeah, he played for Pepsi, I think. Yes, yes, played for Pepsi. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I, I'm also, yeah. I'm also yeah. trying to remember. But, yeah. but it was like he, they gave him the ball every time down the floor, and he shot it every time. Um, I was <laughs> determined not to play that way. Um, I've never played that way, and to me, that's not the best way to win games. You Bob have McCann? Bob, Bob McCann. McCann, yeah. Bob McCann. Yep. Yeah. And, and nothing against Bob. It's just, just he, you know, he was a dominant <laughs> player, and he could – you know, carry a team, but you can only go so far like that. And so I was determined to to do more of the sharing of the basketball, get these guys involved. I know that the, the Sunkiss players, they were totally excited, me being on the team. I took some flack for that too. There was uh, several articles talking about me as an import and saying that, you know, boring and, and you know, he's not averaging a lot of points. He's not, you know, doing this and that. And, and, uh, you know, if we win the championship, I don't really care. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so. Or really yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like, uh, you know, Jokic, man. I tell you, he, he's, <laughs> I commend him, man. He, He's a team player. Total he's team awesome. player. He's awesome. He's just amazing, gets his guys involved. And, and uh, that's what I wanted to do as my, you know, as an import. And I think that's one of the reasons why those guys won MVP both times up. Was there and you also won best import as well yeah. so uh i think that, that <laughs> picture there, there, there you go, go. Well, there you yeah go. yeah i won it that year um it was fun it was fun um and again i, I think i read an article one time that said i didn't deserve it but at the end of the day <laughs> i think you got it we had the best yeah. team and uh oh, we yeah. had the best situation yeah. and, uh, I, i'm excited yeah. i still have that trophy too i don't keep yeah, many of the trophies but i still have that one this reinforces what you said earlier. If you had come early with the Pure Foods uh, mm -hmm. team, you might have yeah. gotten your first PBA Best Import Award back then in '93. So now you have a full, you know, training camp with your team and all of that, and and that's exactly what happened with the small yeah. team. With and then I had player. a better understanding. I'm I'm one of those type of players that um, it takes me a minute to get it, and you know, some players they get it right away. I have to work at it in order to get it, and it. it I, I adjusted this time. Um, the other thing I did too is um, I tried to, you know, get more fluids into me. Um, I made a concentrated effort to really drink smoothies and things like that because I was losing so much water every day that it was, was just hard to keep my energy up. So I adjusted. And, and, and how how early did you arrive for this? Yeah. Uh, yeah. For this tournament, I mean, did you arrive before it started? I mean, do yeah, yeah. I I got there. Um, Right at the end of the um, all Filipino, all league. Filipino, yeah. Which right they after, won. Right after it Which, finished, and I yeah. got there right after that, maybe uh, like three or four days after they finished. Because I remember going to the parties that they used to have, 
you yeah. know, I had uh, Joey Conception's house and, you know, yeah. all this Latin stuff. Oh, yeah. And I remember doing that. I'm like, man, we got to get back in shape and get ourselves ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's the party over go, here. I always have to go good. back to back, right? Yeah. So, but yeah. Sankis did that, you know, off the all Filipino. Mm-hmm. You, you guys just didn't miss a beat. You, you also won yeah. the Commissioner's Cup. Yeah, yeah. So it worked out really well. And uh, they had a great organization. I was glad to play for them. You know, as as Pure Foods, they were really good too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So two great teams actually. You made the finals once, and you won the next time you were here. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, I think that's the last photo of our first half of our time capsule. <laughs> we just remind everyone we are part of the Globally Ballin Network, and please listen to us. Watch us on Spotify if you enjoy our show. Send us some love. Rate us with a five star rating on Spotify, please, and uh, we'll appreciate that. Become our monthly supporter on Eternity of Basketball for just $4.99 or 250 pesos a month. We'll recognize you on our future episodes. And Noel, we will love, we will you, love forever. you forever. We love yeah. you all forever. Okay. <laughs> and then follow the Globally Balling Southeast Asia page on Facebook because it has tidbits of all the shows on the Globally Balling Network. So please check that out. And uh, we return to Time Capsule, which uh, is brought to us by Fitbit. It helps everyone in the world get healthier from counting your steps to giving personalized insights on your heart rate and sleep patterns Log your exercise and access great tools and content on the Fitbit Premium, all on the Fitbit platform. So check out all their line of products on Fitbit.com. Feel the power. All right. First photo for the second part. And this is, you know, so you, 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 you went back to the NBA a couple of times. You played the CBA, NBA, PBA, back to the NBA. And now, <laughs> and now, and now you're with the, in the heat. And, and that's amazing. I, you know, sometimes... That's even more impressive than the guys who just make it outright and, and stay on because it shows your persistence and your fortitude and all of that hard work. Uh, with, so the heat came a calling. What, what, what happened there? I mean, before that, the Knicks also yeah. called you. So mm-hmm. what, what happens? So you're, you're playing, you get calls, and then you just run over there and then put on that uniform. How is, how's the life of a, of, of a player that has to do stuff like that, Ronnie? Tell us about it, that. It's, it's real difficult, to be honest. Um, you know, People see the lavish lifestyles of the top players, and they think that all the players have it like that, and that's not true at all. Um, it's, you know, I never had a guaranteed contract. So I'm in training camp. I have to go every drill, have to go hard every single time, can't have an off day, can't have a day where I'm not doing well, uh, because they can tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, sorry, got cut. So, you know, it puts you in a very, very difficult position. Um, so what happened is I just bounced back and forth, bounce, bounce, bounce. And really, I was trying to just make a living for my family by, you know, making a little money here, making a little money there and trying to make it work and still keep that NBA dream alive. The PBA worked out for me because it was summer basketball. So I could do that in the summer and then I could go to a training camp. So it, it worked out really well, kept me in good shape. Uh, I was playing good basketball. So... Uh, what happened was there was a year that I played in the CBA that, and it was the year I won MVP. And that year I did not get a call up, did not get any type of opportunity. And I was kind of at my wits end and saying, man, I don't know what else I need to do in order to make this work. And so that year I was thinking about, you know what, maybe I need to go to Europe and play and make some money. You know, maybe I need to go that direction and just call it a day. So um, I got a phone call from the New York Knicks to come mm-hmm. to summer camp. And 
they told my agent, they said, hey, he will not make this team. They said, we have 14 guaranteed contracts. We can only carry 12. We're going to have to cut two people with guaranteed money. He said, but we just want someone to come in and play with Monty Williams and Charlie Ward. That was their rookies. And he said, we need some players to come in and play with them. So we'd like him to come to training camp or to summer camp. So I went to summer camp with them. I was like, yeah, it's a good way to keep in shape and go from there. So went to summer camp. And then what happened was um, wound up playing pretty well, uh, played hard like I normally do. And Pat Riley was in the stands one day. And he and Jeff Van Gundy was there. He was the coach of the summer team. And they they loved me. And they were like, wow, we need this guy and get into the training camp. So Pat Riley came to me after the summer camp was over. And he said, hey, I really want you to come to training camp. So I went back and told my agent, I said, hey, uh, Mark, you know, Pat Riley invited me to training camp. Should I go? He said, Ronnie, you're not going to make the team. He said, the general manager already told you there's, you know, 14 guaranteed contracts. They got to cut two people with guaranteed money. You are not going to make this team. And it's like, Mark, but Pat Riley, he said, Ronnie, he's just feeding you a line. Don't go. So. I tried to go to France and actually put together a contract to go there and was almost, you know, like a week away from a plane ride to go over to France. And, uh, and then somehow all of a sudden it just fell through. So the next thing you know, I'm like, huh, well, Mark, why don't I, you know, go to training camp with the Knicks? He's like, no, 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 you're not going to make the team. So then I signed, actually signed a contract to go play in Israel. Went all the way over to Israel. The CBA wouldn't release my rights. And normally they release your rights anytime, but there was a new owner that owned the team and he didn't want to release my rights. So he decided not to do that and made me come back to the States because I couldn't play over overseas unless he released my rights. And so it was four days before training camp and my agent and I were kind of like twiddling our thumbs, like, what are we going to do now? I said, well, why don't we just go to New York? I think they'll take me. And sure enough, New York said, yeah, well, you know, you can come to training camp, but you're not going to make the team. Long story short, I made the team. You made the team. Uh-huh. Yeah, there you are. Who else got cut, else got cut for you to make the team? Uh, yeah, you're talking about 14 uh, guaranteed contracts. Yeah, we had, we had. Um, let's see, Doug Christie was hurt. Um, and there was someone else hurt. So I was able to get the last spot. But – to be able to to go from oh there's no way you're gonna make this to yeah. all of all of a sudden I'm one of the one of the you know 15 or 12 guys on the team uh, uh-huh. was just a, another miracle in my life and uh, I'm thankful for that and so that's you know what happened and then Pat Riley really liked me as a player so I went to practice worked hard every day Jeff and Gunny loved me he would rave about me and practice all the time and and uh you know but when you're going up against all those contracts there's no way you're going to see that floor unless you know you get a lot of injuries so yeah but then and then you get to stand right right in the center of this photo with patrick (laughs) ewing you're right there in the middle with patrick ewing i always say this i'm the best looking guy out of all those guys so (laughs) (laughs) this is actually a poster that my brother uh Got. He was a big Knicks fan, mid nineties. Uh-huh. This is this is a poster I have here. It's in the, it's here in my house. Um, yeah. There's one guy I can't identify. The number twenty five guy. Do you can you see him? Do you know who yeah, he is? Yeah, that's uh, Anthony Tucker. 
Wake Forest. Only guy I didn't, I could identify. I looked at the roster of the Knicks even on on online, and his name's not there. So, who's this number twenty five? I even if you search it, number twenty five for the Knicks, he's not even there. So I don't even, you know. But the rest of them, we know them: Oakley, uh, Derek Harper, um, Anthony Mason, Hubert Davis, Herb Williams. You got uh, John Starks, J.R. Reed, Gary Grant, Brad Lowhouse. Willie Anderson and the little guys, Charlie Ward, right? Yeah, with yeah. the light, yeah. the, with yeah. the light is. Uh-huh. Yeah, so yeah. go New York, go New York, go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it was a it was a great experience. Um, that's when I developed a relationship with Pat Riley, a great coach, uh, best coach I ever played for. Was a technician. Uh, was really uh, on top of everything. Had practice run. We have three and a half hour practices. And wow. It was amazing because they, you know, you went from drill to drill to drill to drill that, you know, you didn't even recognize it was that long. Um, but he had everything laid out. Everything was professional. I know why, you know, he went down to Miami and that's when he took me down there with him. So that's why I was able to play with the Miami Heat. Um, he just it was a great, great coach and, and turned that whole program around because that program had made the playoffs once. And uh, next thing you know, he turned it around where they're in the playoffs every year. And yeah. and Eric Spoelstra was the video guy when I was there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't that amazing to go from <laughs> the, the one of the best head coaches in the NBA right now? You, you do know he's Filipino, right? You know that, Filipino, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, good dude, man. Did, did you just, have conversations? Uh, did you share conversations with Eric Spolster about your time in the Philippines? Um, I talked to him about it. I didn't. We didn't get too much yet because I mean they had him running like crazy, man. Uh, they the video side of of basketball back in that day because that was all like manual work, mm-hmm. really. Uh, it now it's so much easier to edit video, but back then, you know, he. I mean, he was he was working his tail off. So <laughs> we didn't yeah. have too much time to talk about it, but I did mention to him I played in the Philippines and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we skipped the photo when we jumped here. Yes. Very quickly. Can we just uh, go? Yeah. I just wanted to show this one. Okay. Yeah. This... <laughs> so yeah, these were your teammates back then. Uh, Boybitz, Victoria, yeah, Zaldi, and Boybitz uh, passed away recently. Yeah. I don't know if you oh, knew about that. No, yeah, he did. yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, a couple, uh, couple of months ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. And then on the, the other side, okay, um, Alaska back then they were, they were the team on the rise. Okay. Uh, after yeah. this season, they they scored a grand slam. They won all they three won three championships uh, yep. conferences. Yeah. Yeah, what do you remember about you know going up against you know Johnny Abrientos and you know, he was Lost amazing. Lostimosa. I mean, George if he Lostimosa. was taller, I think he could have probably had a shot to play in the NBA. Um, just was too small, but at the end of the day, he could shoot it, handle it, pass it. He did. He did everything. He, he was just one of the ultimate point guards, and mm-hmm. he would keep his team team in the game the whole time. Controlled the game really well. I thought he was one of the best players in the Philippines, to be honest. Um, oh, yeah. He actually did went on to uh, win MVP in '96. Yeah, yeah. 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 The shortest ever MVP winner up to now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about just... this guy, Lastimosa? You remember guarding this? I guy? remember I mean, JoJo. Yeah. yeah, I remember him, man. I remember his uh, his game. Uh, he was tough, hard nosed guy. Um, that's pretty cool. I'm looking for. Yeah. Okay, 
Yeah, that that's yeah. A, that brings yeah. back memories there, man. Yeah, <laughs> is actually Villiam, yeah, one of our. Yeah. Uh, he he, Villiman also guested with us uh, last year, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, he's week. actually now in uh, New Jersey. Okay. Based in New okay. Jersey. Yeah, yeah, based in New Jersey. Yeah. Hey guys, you know, I, let's take a short while to just let's bring in somebody. Uh, Carly, can can you bring our, our our friend in right now? Let's let's put him in. Hey, hey coach. Oh, oh, there, coach Derek. Coach Derek. How are you doing? Good. Wow. Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's good to it's see you. It's been a while, man. <laughs> yeah, it has been a while, man. <laughs> what you up to, man? What are you up to? Right now, uh, well, just uh, chilling out. I just uh, finished my uh, contract with the LaSalle. I was back in coaching my colleagues. Board. Okay. So you're coaching, yeah. huh? That's cool. Again, yeah, you know, but uh, right now resting. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Derek, what, what, kind, what memories uh, does, does uh, Ronnie, Ronnie Grandison give to you when you see him right now? What are the memories that you have with him? <laughs> Well, uh, you know, uh, he, he's a hard worker import, and uh, during the time that he played for us, um, Verhel was having an MVP season at the time, and uh, he was willing to, you know, he's not the typical import that I have to have the ball, you know, to to to, <laughs> to get there. But you know, he just, said, he, yeah. he just be a supporting class for Verhel. But uh, when it's time to score and I need him uh, to do something, he does it for me. Right. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. So that's what he remembers. Yeah. Uh -huh. They, they yeah. say he's a boring import. Do you agree? He's a boring import. He's yeah, just yeah, boring. boring. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I would say no, no, nothing, nothing fancy, no? but he just gets the job done. You know, he yeah. will rebound. You tell him to defend uh, Hamilton, he'll defend Hamilton. <laughs> right, remember? <laughs> the import. He defends quicker import. You know, he defends the smaller uh, Filipinos. Uh, he, he'll do everything for you, you know. You just tell him and he'll, he'll, he'll try to do everything. He'll try his best uh, to come out and work with it. <laughs> Have you guys communicated, seen each other since 1995? No, no, no. This is the... So this is it, huh? Yes, yes. First time, man. Yeah. First time. It's another reunion here on AOB. We, we made it happen <laughs> again. So. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, how, yeah. how about you, Ronnie? When you see Coach Derek Pomarin right now on your screen, what memories come back to you? Oh, I, I remember he he was so calm and cool. Um, Chalk used to yell a lot, man. He was like, market, but he, <laughs> this dude does. here, man, he yeah, was he smooth. I, I liked the way he coached, uh, had us play really well together. And uh, I'm, I'm just glad I had a chance to get to know him and, and, and play for him. It was fun, fun during that time. So, but it's, he was calm and cool the whole time. Coach Derek, yeah. just one, you know, thing. Well, thanks for dropping in, Pedro. What, what's a what's a one Ronnie Grandison story that you can share? With you? <laughs> uh oh. Okay, Nothing he hasn't yeah, told yeah. us yet. <laughs> uh, well, we we played a game in uh, in, in Pampanga. Okay, and mm -hmm. then uh, so Pampanga is a short trip, so we yeah. come in there, rest in the morning, but uh, we were checked in in a motel. <laughs> okay, so uh, he didn't want to enter the the room. Uh, he didn't want to stay. He didn't want to rest in the room. He rested at the bus because he said that that it was a sin room, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> 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 
é verdade que vocês chamam hotel? Isso é de Santa Hotel. Weird things happen there. It's a very simple room, so he doesn't want to stay there. It only, de it only depends on who's in the room that makes it simple. Yeah. The room is okay. Yeah. Who yeah. enters and does the things there? Yeah. When Noel enters, it's a simple room. Yeah. Only Noel. Ronnie, you stayed in the bus the entire time before the game? I, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't remember. I remember going on the trip, but I don't remember that situation. So. Well, he, he re coach remembers it clearly. So. I'm sure he does. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. yeah that's you also crazy. played the. Did you you got to play with with Dindo Pomares, right? Yeah, I was gonna say, how's Dindo doing, man? Yeah, yeah, he's he's doing well. He's doing well. Tell him I said hello. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, I think he played for Pure Foods first, and then you guys mm, yeah. he played for Pure right. Foods, and then we got him to play for us. Uh, okay. Yeah, for he switched then, teams. Switched teams. Yeah, switch okay. teams. yeah. yeah I remember. Eventually, Ronnie, Ronnie Tompkins also played for Pure Foods, right? Eventually, so it's like they okay. switched. Okay. Yeah. And they played against each other, I think, uh, when uh, Ronnie was in Pure Foods then. Yeah. Back mm -hmm. then, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did. did you play in the finals with him against yes. Uh, yes. Tompkins? Yes. Finals yeah. against Tompkins, yeah. Mm, yeah, he was amazing. He uh, was was just just a good athlete. Blocked shots, um, mm -hmm. you know, dunk on you. Um, didn't do a whole lot, but he just changed the game. So it was kind of cool. Yeah, Dominici strong, right? Yeah, yeah, he's strong. He just block anything. He's you know, if you went up, he's gonna, it's gone. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> sometimes he goes crazy. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> because, of, because of people, because of people like Ricky. Oh, anyway, okay. so <laughs> Ricky de la Fonte. No, coach, I, I'm thinking, I'm just gonna ask you. Know, you stand for? Sorry, sorry. Yeah. No, I was gonna ask, you know, you, you had Ronnie Grandison on your team also. Uh, where mm. do you take him out to have dinner? I mean, what's his favorite chill spot when he was with you guys? I mean, uh, taking the usual around. spots or the unusual spots. I mean, no, no, the, the regular, the family, family restaurants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, everything's consistent. It's like these two guys talk before we. We haven't seen each other in so long. He has all the yeah. answers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Well, well, I, we, thanks a lot for dropping in, Coach Derek. We really wanted to make yeah, this happen. Yeah. Let Ronnie see one of the. The old guys yeah. that you had back in the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm getting old. Are we coming back and visit, man? I really do. I want to go back and visit, man. It's, oh, it's you sad. should soon. Yeah, you yeah. should. Yeah. You should really yeah. bring your family again. I mean, yeah. this, uh, Manila's changed so much since yeah. the last time you were yeah. here. I was yeah. looking at the commercial, the highway. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Isn't that yeah. on the road that was? Yeah, it really, really. That was a long yeah. More cars. Yeah, there are more yeah, cars I, than I wanted, I'm going to do that, guys. I'm going to do that. I'm going to look all <laughs> yeah, you guys. Yeah, plan to come over, Ron. And, uh, well, you do. You do a lot of basketball trading and all of that. So maybe yeah, you can yeah. you know, set up yeah, something over here. Yeah, it's a good great. time, actually. You do something like yeah, that. Do you know, know that the Basketball World Cup is going to be here in a couple of weeks? It's going to be held here. So oh, I didn't the know US that. The U.S. team is coming over to play here in the Philippines. Okay, yeah. I didn't it know happens that. Happens on August twenty-five. So yeah, so, so. nice. Harold nice. Keeling, still have time to fly over. <laughs> <laughs> Book your tickets now. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Eric Spolstra will be here, right? It's, yeah, it's, Eric Spolstra yeah. said okay. he's coming. Anyway, before we let you go, Coach, any any words for for Ronnie? Before we, of course, I'll, I'll connect you after this, but but you know. Yeah, well, Get that rebound, good to see huh? you, Ronnie. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good to see you. I think I'll start to, to connect. Too, 
I'll get your, your contact number with the Charlie here, and then uh, yeah. probably we'll stay in touch. Okay. Yeah, Are you still that. in basketball? Are you still in basketball? Yeah, I have a uh, I have a sports training facility now, so I've been doing that for the last mm. 20 years and working with kids. Oh, all right. I'm I'm starting to slow down on as far as what I do with it, but I'm more on the back end. But I got coaches that work for me and things like that. So just giving kids opportunities to play. Okay, so now Big Ten or NBA Connect or whatever. <laughs> College team. No, <laughs> just just the Nothing. average the average kid that has to work hard like I did. That's that's what right. I did. So. Nice, nice. Okay. Well, that was a pleasant surprise, man. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's yeah. like that. Show, this is your life. You know, the funny thing is when you're going through it, you know, you don't, how would I say, cherish it as, as much as you should. Now that you look back, you're like, man, you know, those were those are some great days. It's like same with the NBA. It's like you know you you kind of are going through it. And you think you're supposed to be there, and then you look at it and say, "How in the world did I ever get to play in the NBA?" You know, so it's it's amazing. Yeah, how in the world right. you have to fly like uh, half half the halfway around the world just to play basketball, right? Yeah, no, yeah. that was that was the longest flight to the Philippines. That was the longest flight I've ever been on. So it was amazing. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> So thanks to Coach Derek for for dropping yeah. in. Let's just continue with the uh, with the time capsule, Carly. What's the next photo? Just after a few more, but after yeah, after this one, look at those names. Yeah, here you are. So so your career, you know, you play basketball and then you work hard, and then eventually, you know, you get named to the New Orleans basketball top fifty. Uh, what year was this, uh, Ron? That was nineteen eighty seven, eighty eight. Okay. Right after. Uh, actually, 80, 80, 86, 87. I'm sorry, because okay, 87, okay. 88 is when I graduated. So, mm -hmm. 86, 87. This is the um, photo we found for, uh, that you're playing for New Orleans, the only photo <laughs> that we were able to yeah. find. Like, we, think we couldn't find you in a UC Irvine uh, jersey. And, you know, so, so you leave a legacy over there. Uh, do you still go back to school? You know, do you help the, the university at all? Well, you know, honesty, I haven't been back. Um, I went back, uh, my, my, I have family that lives back there and I went back, my grandmother had passed away, but that had, that's been a, some time ago. I do talk to the coach every once in a while. Um, he was recruiting some players out here. So I was giving him some advice on that and things like that. So, you know, the challenge I had is I still have, I, I have a 17 year old daughter. So I have kids still, and we've kind of spread them all out. My kids are from 32 all the way to 17 and mm -hmm. just running around chasing after them and, you know, trying to make their lives great as best I can. And, you know, it, it just takes a lot. So hopefully I will start, you know, now that she's almost in college, uh, I will start trying to get out a little bit more and, and going back and visit. But I, I remember my days in New Orleans and thankful. Uh, my coach uh, passed away uh, last year. Mm -hmm. And uh, Benny D's and uh, yeah. did go and saw some of the guys uh, at his at his funeral and things like that. So, um, you know, and those are some fond memories, man. I love playing in New Orleans. You do have a daughter, uh, your namesake, Ronnie, right? She played ball too. Yeah, yeah. I have Ronnie. That was my that's my second daughter. Uh, she played at um, UMass and she played at NGIT. So she got a chance to play Division One ball. And then my third child. Uh, Naomi played uh, Division Two ball at Malone College in Ohio. 
Uh, I do have a son and another daughter, and neither one of them played after high school. Uh, so it's been fun. It's been fun raising kids, but now it's, you know, hopefully it'll be getting a little time for myself here. Yeah. Up. So, no. Tell us about the academy, uh, Ronnie, that, that you set up. Um, well, I, I used to uh, work with Athletes in Action. Um, it's a Christian ministry that I was involved yeah, in yeah. and did a lot of work with them. Um, David Wood. David Wood. That kind of brought me back to this area, to the Cincinnati, Ohio area every year. So what I would do is I'd go out and play basketball and then come back and live here in the summers and spend my summers here doing, you know, doing work with them, basketball camps. We do, uh, we'd set up leagues, we'd go do Bible studies, things like that. So that was, that was a great time. And what happened is little did I know I was headed in the direction of having my own facility. So what happened is I was with a good church and the church had a, a sports facility and um, they asked me to run that facility. So I started running that facility and doing some things like that. And I started training and helping kids and all that. And I said, huh, I like this a lot. And I think I want to try to do this. Well, in the meantime, what happened is they actually sold the church to a Christian school. And the Christian school asked me to become athletic director. And I did that just to do an interim switch for me. But I went back to you know, working with kids and helping them and running teams and doing camps and all that. And and uh, about four years after I worked with the school, I said, you know what, it's time for me to go branch out on my own. And I started to go out on my own and I started doing that all in different places. I was at this school over here, over there and everywhere. Then what happened was uh, I finally found a home and I got a three court facility and I was able to kind of grow the business. Now I'm in a six court basketball facility. Uh, it, it can hold, do eight volleyball courts. And, and I'm also in the pickleball. I'm actually an avid pickleball player. Mm -hmm. uh, next, next photo. Next photo. Yeah, yeah. So it's been fun. There we there go. You are, there you are with a pickleball <laughs> paddle. Yeah. So, so I started Velocity Pickleball and uh, I'm, I'm loving it, man. I think you're going to see me on TV one day. Uh, <laughs> got the competitive juices back in me. I actually have a tournament I play in tomorrow. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and what happened is, um, it's, it's something I can do and I'm not going to kill myself. Uh, <laughs> and, and I'm still pretty athletic. I, you know, I guess still got a long wingspan and, uh, still in pretty good shape. And so I'm looking at trying to compete on the senior tour. Uh, oh, wow. So awesome. I got it. And again, here, here we go again. I'm watching all these <laughs> players with all this talent. They, they hit the ball so smooth and they're just, I mean, they look great. They can, you know, take and put it over here, put it over there. And I got to work at it, man. So <laughs> I bought a pickleball machine. I'm going to work in the gym every single day. I'm going to, you know, uh, I've been lifting weights again. I've been uh, running. I've been doing wow. all kinds of stuff. <laughs> you're you're serious, huh? You're curious. So serious I'm pickleball serious. player right there. Yeah, You've never you had any think... major injuries too, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, so I, yeah, but, I miss the competition. I'm, I'm, I'm competitive, <laughs> and I just haven't been competitive since basketball playing, you know, and I miss it. I miss it. It's, time, it's the latest man. craze, right? Uh, in the in the yeah. U.S. pickleball. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've seen Even a lot here. of retired athletes. Are they playing in the Philippines? Are playing yeah, in the they're, they're, they're making pickleball courts all over the place. They're converting uh, basketball courts that don't get used too much. They're, they're putting up the little net there, and, and uh -huh. people are playing. Yeah, so, uh, it's it's amazing. It's not yet big in the Philippines. It's not yet big in the Philippines, but there are a, good, a bunch of guys who actually are taking okay. up our pickleball here in the Philippines. Yeah. So. 
Talk You'd be about a sixty-year-old pro, huh? Sixty-year-old yeah, pro. Yeah, exactly. I want to go pro, <laughs> man. I want to go pro in the senior tour, and uh, I'm excited about it. And and I also want to do this. I want to bring it to kids. So uh, that's the thing. I think the transition of pickleball is going to grow even more when when the kids start playing it when they're younger. So we're going to do that at the academy somehow, some way, uh, and uh, just just keep exploding the pickleball scene. When you have when you have that competitive spirit, I guess it never goes away. Your body it never, doing never goes right? away. I'm telling you. I, I, have, yeah, I, I have two I, questions. Well, I'm sorry. Good. Right. No, go, go ahead, Ron. You were going to say. No, I was just going to say. I I every year I sit and watch the college tournament, and I get so uh -huh. excited. And I'm ready to play. And then I watch the <laughs> NBA finals. I get so excited. And I'm ready to play. And it's just <laughs> I can't do it anymore. You know, and I'm like, yeah. I mean, I could play, but it's just not the same. So, yeah, 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 of course that happens. But I have two questions. The first question is why are you wearing a box shirt, uh, Milwaukee Bucks <laughs> on, on the left? You know what? Um, uh, I'm, my, my best friend is Michael Porter Jr., well, not senior, senior, his senior. son, oh. he, he has sons, his Michael Porter Jr., who just won the championship, but he has another son that's uh, Jante, and uh. What happened is I wanted to take a picture with my Bucks because Jante was playing with the Bucks, and I wanted to take a picture with my Bucks jersey, and I play with the Nuggets, and I think I took a picture with the Nuggets jersey so I could send it to uh, Michael, <laughs> to, to the I other guy, yeah, Jante. So that's uh, that's the reason why I put I, I kept okay. some of the old jerseys, so I pulled them out, man. Because I was wondering, well, you know, what, what's Ronnie Thompson doing? doing I went to summer camp with them, and uh, I got okay. a jersey, and I kept it. Yeah, you, you, you kept it. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. So aside yeah, from the I aside from the fit, best thing for still fitted it, man. I still fitted it. So my question has to do with that because people have been asking on on uh, the comments box anyway. You know, everybody knows that you. You eat well. You eat well. You keep yourself, you know, yeah. your nutrition. You, you look at you, you eat the right food and all of that. And obviously, your frame, as you said, has you know you've grown much smaller yeah. uh, through the years. What kind of a diet do you do you follow? Um, I'm actually a vegan. Um, okay. I started doing that right at the tail end of my NBA career at 31, and um, I, I it you know I wasn't recovering. I just would, you know, I could go and play all day long. And then all of a sudden I got to about 30, 31, and I just didn't want to get up and go play again. And I'm like, wow, what's going on? So somebody suggested, you know, hey, maybe you should change your diet. And uh, I got with a doctor and he helped me figure that out. So, I mean, I pretty much eat raw fruits and vegetables all day long. And, um, wow. and then I eat a dinner meal. But for the most part, I stay on that and i've been doing it for a long time and i remember um um you know just going to the market in the philippines and making shakes and things like that to me that was like one of the best things i i was telling you i, I was losing so much water that was one of the best things i figured out uh and that fruit was just great i mean it was awesome it was everywhere and uh that was really cool so i feel great um you know, I played the other day in a pickleball tournament. And the guy, you know, was in the it was 55 to 59, and the guy said, "There's no way you're a day over 45." And I laughed at him. I'm like, "Yeah, I'm about to turn 60." I didn't tell him that, but I'm about to turn 60, man, next year. And uh, uh, but I feel great. Um, I didn't need all that weight. Now I wasn't playing basketball. I didn't need all that. My joints, you know, a lot lot better on my joints and things like that. I still have some hip challenges because 
I just didn't stretch enough. But uh, for the most part, I've stayed pretty healthy. No surgeries, nothing. Um, thankful. Thankful. Yeah. And then you're strong. You, you still feel strong. You know, yes. Despite not yes. All I still feel pretty bro. strong. I'm I'm not where I was before, but I'm pretty close. I lift weights probably three days a week. Um, and like I said, I've been doing more now since I've been stretching a lot. I've been now that I'm playing pickleball. Uh, like I like I said, tomorrow I go you and play tomorrow. So I gotta <laughs> stretch. I gotta stay with it. And I think I think at you know when I turn because the, the pickleball goes by the ages. So 60, I start the next phase. Uh, I play with the 60 and ups and, uh, I'm telling you, man, you know, if I could keep, keep where I am, you know, as far as physically, I just got to get more skilled at the game. I think I could be one of the best players <laughs> in the country. <laughs> right. Right. You could be, you could be, you could be that. <laughs> That's what I'm shooting for, man. I'm shooting. Yeah, I'm right. the best. Uh, but I still got to get the skill, man. That's the thing. I'm going up against a lot of tennis players and those guys, man, they know how to play. They know uh, can I just say, when you were in, in the Bucks jersey right now, just looking at you, I mean, I, I'm with my glasses on. I took them off for a moment. I, I swore I was George Gervin right there. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, I took my glasses off. Yeah, George Gervin yeah. knows him. Could, could, <laughs> you yeah, had no. that George Gervin physique going on. Exactly. Yeah, he was slim yeah. like that too, man. Yeah. So yeah, you good. So you were two forty. <laughs> you were two forty back in your playing days. How much do you weigh now, if you don't mind? Uh, I'm about. 200 maybe 205 wow, wow. um the good I, thing I is a lot of that a lot of the the weight i was carrying was uh body fat you know i went from you know i was maybe 12 percent, 10 percent body fat now i'm probably down at six six yeah, maybe. Your age, huh? yeah yeah that's pretty good for my age and uh you know course, i, when, I when go to the doctor and i'm you know always yeah. get a clean bill of health i have no you know, high awesome, blood pressure, awesome. diabetes, anything like that. Everything's oh. good. I'm not no medications. Um, credit, yeah, credit the diet for so that. And, yeah. and everyone and everyone who's been watching our show uh, earlier saw all your photos with sun kissed and pure foods and, and the heat and all that. And saying, body fat where? You'd be surprised, man. You'd be surprised because I, I didn't think so either. But, you know, when I started trimming down, I'm like, wow, you know, what am I losing? You know, and first, you know, people up here, are you losing muscle? And it's not, it wasn't muscle because I'm still, was still, you know, benching about the same and all that stuff. But it was, uh, you know, some of the fat line between the muscles. So it's like, okay, all right, well, I feel good yeah. though. I mean, if exactly. you feel good. That's the most important thing, right? Yeah. 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 Well, just to that's equate awesome. that in Wagyu beef, that's called the marbling. You just lost <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gotta lose that marbling. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You're exactly. Guys, any any uh, last minute questions for Ronnie no, before I'm, we go I'm into the regular segment? No, I'm, I'm just like hey, Ronnie. I just say I'm you're good. You guys are good. I'm, yeah, I watched yeah, you as yeah. a player. I didn't think you talked this much. Nah, <laughs> you were nah, playing. Nah. No, because I mean, he would do I things see, more than talk, yeah, right? Yeah. I saw. I saw a, and I got to get this back out again. I saw a video of me. I was playing in the Philippines one time and the ball went off the rim. I got the rebound and I looked at the ref like I was going to kill him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I just yelled something at him. You know, when I compete, I'm a totally different person. Um, uh -huh. it, it's funny. I just turn into this focus <laughs> coming after you. And I'm not necessarily looking to, you know, hurt anybody or do anything like that. But I have a job to do and I got to get it done. And so I get to that point. So, yeah, when I'm laughing and joking like this everything's all good but you know turn the competition meter on and i'm i'm a totally different guy 
that is the way it is for these real warriors. That's what happens there. Yeah. Okay, so that was that was time capsule brought to us by uh, Fitbit. But now we're gonna enter the portion of our show, which means we're about to end. It's called the Twilight Zone. Oh wow! It's like we're in the last. It's like we're in the last two minutes, uh, Ronnie. Oh, so the good. first uh, the first segment of our Twilight Zone is a is a segment called XSROs. It's brought to us by Tubinugan Farm. You gotta visit private, that place when you come here. Your Ronnie. private paradise in the heart of Bukidnon. Need to relax and unwind. Why not rejuvenate and reconnect with nature right at the foot of the Kitanglad Mountain Range in Bukidnon? Choose from a wide range of accommodations, the farmhouse, the bungalow, the cottage, or the tulugan. Tuminugan Farm can accommodate entire families, groups of friends, backpackers, and even team building events. So go to tuminuganfarm.com to check it out. Go to their IG or FB as well. Book now and start your Mindanao adventure there today. Okay, XSROs, I've got a list of choices for you, Ronnie. Just tell okay. me what your Good choice luck. is. Without okay. explaining, just tell me what do you choose from all these okay. choices. Let's go down the list. Let's go number one. Chot Reyes or Derek Pumare? Uh, Derek Pumare. Derek Pumare, okay. How about this? Your veteran teammates, Yoyo Villamin or Abbe King? Albert King. Abbe King, all right. He's there in Washington State, okay, right now. That's where he lives now. Okay, Verhel Meneses or Kenneth Duremdes? Uh, Verhel Meneses. Verhel Meneses. Robert Parrish or Patrick Ewing? Oh, Robert Parrish all day. Robert Parrish. All right. All right. All right. Jimmy Rogers or Pat Riley? Pat Riley. Pat Riley. Okay. Yeah, best coach. Scotty Pippen or Reggie Miller? Same draft. Scotty Pippen. Scotty Pippen. Okay. Point guards from the same draft. KJ, Kevin Johnson, or Mark Jackson? Kevin Johnson. Kevin Johnson. Yeah. Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. Or Michael Jordan? Larry Bird. Larry Bird. Larry Bird. <laughs> Nelson Asaitono or Alvin Patrimonio? Alvin Patrimonio. Alvin, Alvin Patrimonio. Okay. Low post moves. Low post moves. Kevin McHale or Alvin Patrimonio? Kevin McHale. Oh, that's Kevin McHale. <laughs> that's a good question. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> okay. Boy Kabahug or Al Solis? Al Solis. Ah, mm. Solis, okay. Olsen Rasella, Boy Bits Victoria, or Dean Dopumare? Uh, Boy Bits Victoria. Boy Bits, the late Boy Bits, our friend. Okay. Mm-hmm. How about this? Eric Reyes or Freddy Abuda? <laughs> <laughs> Eric Reyes. <laughs> Eric Reyes, okay. Uh, what a question. The brother in law of the owner. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sun Kissed or Pure Foods? Pure Foods. Okay. 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 Zaldi Ria Lubit. Or Jerry Cordiniera? Jerry Cordiniera. Jerry Cordiniera. Okay. Okay. Team managers, Elmer Yanga or Ding Panganiban? Ding. Ding, okay. Okay. Glenn Capacho or Rudy Distrito? Glenn Capacho. Glenn Capacho. The two rough and tumble guards. They're they're all pure foods. All his answers are pure foods. That was a great (laughs) team. Ronnie Tompkins or Derek Hamilton? Ronnie Tompkins. Ronnie Tompkins. Kenny Redfield or Bobby Parks? Uh, Kenny Redfield. Kenny Redfield, okay. Mm-hmm. Mike McGee or John Best? Mm, John Best. John Best, okay. And then the last one, let's show the photo, please, Carly. Samuel <laughs> <laughs> or Larry? Uh, that's a hard one there, man. There you go. You I'll finally go got Lawrence it, Charlie. Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne wins this yeah, one, yeah. okay? That's the yeah. first time we're showing that, and 
The first choice is Lawrence Fishman over Samuel Jackson. That's Next XSROs for episode yeah. 186 of AOB. I'll throw it over to Noel Zarate. Yeah, I just Go have on. one one question that I've always wanted to ask uh, you and, and the other imports because, you know, guys like Sean Chambers, Norman Black, Bobby Parks, they all stayed in the Philippines. What would it have taken for you to stay in the Philippines and probably make a life here as well for your family? Because you loved it here. You, you said yeah. so. But what would I, it have taken for you to stay here? Um, I think the reason why I didn't is because I was looking to play in the NBA. But if that wasn't there, I would have stayed in the Philippines, you know, wow. forever. Because I, wow. th- it, was just a, it was just a beautiful place. I enjoyed the people, enjoyed the culture. It was close to, to the States um, as far as people spoke English. Um, it was, mm-hmm. Everything was great. I mean, the, the nature was awesome. We went to, you know, a couple of different spots that were just beautiful. Um, I really enjoyed my time in the Philippines. I played a lot of different places overseas, and I choose the Philippines any day. Wow. Awesome. Okay. Well, we, we, we look forward to having you back here one day. Yeah, I got to do Let us know. You got to let us know. You got to let us know. We'll take care yeah. of you. All right. All right. Uh, that's not the Sid. Go ahead, Sid. Okay, my segment, Ronnie, is uh, brought to you first by, yes, Manila Cookie Story. Okay, uh, lots of good cookie flavors here. Plain, Cafe Baraco, Dark Chocolate Chips, Queso de Bola. Check out their social media handles on Facebook and Instagram. Okay, there they're, they're, you sweep their contact details over there. And you can buy them at Cultura, Frankie and Friends, Snack Exchange, and Starbucks. Really, really good stuff. Okay, my question for you, Ronnie, is if you could have dinner with any basketball player or figure, past or present, you know, living or dead, you know, American, Filipino, or whatever, who would it be and why? Um, it's a good question. I, I probably would like to have dinner with maybe Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Okay. Um, just, just, you know, I remember Cap and his years with the Lakers and – uh you know, I think I've, I've always looked at some of his social stances, too, and, yeah. and he's always been outspoken. So I'd like to hear a little bit about that, too, and uh, as, as well as his career. And, um, you know, seems to me to be one of those guys that are, you know, to me, he's in my top five of all-time NBA players. So that would be the guy. Right. right. He's my number yeah. one. Yeah, he's yeah. okay. Charlie's number one. He's my <laughs> number one, my all-time. He is one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah uh, you know, he's, he's, he's always and, and, been uh, and Ronnie, I'm, I'm the Laker fan among the three. I'm the Laker yeah. fan, so <laughs> okay. The two guys are ah, so no you guys Robbins, man. I'm the Laker guy. Uh, let me ask so, you guys can I ask you guys a question? Oh, of course, sure. What do you, what do you guys think about Jalen Brown's uh 304 million dollar contract? Wow, <laughs> I, I think it's crazy. I don't know. Ask the Celtics guys, Sid. Come on, go answer. What do you, what do you, you think he's uh, worth well, it? Well, yeah, I think you know, I think uh. He still hasn't hit his peak. Uh, I want to see them run it, you know, run it again with. That's, with that, that's so, way too much money, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know the uh, the CBA created that situation. Yeah, so, yeah, so I agree. Just, uh, but I'm uh, not yeah. mad at him making that money. That's awesome. oh yeah, of course, of course. But, but, any, any blessings for anyone is, is great. So what are they going to pay Jason Tatum? <laughs> that's the big question now. I mean, what's going to happen with that? No, no. Here's the other yeah. question: If they do pay Jason Tatum something like that, why are they going to pay the other guys on the team? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some, I, I some just, change. I, I'm I'm perplexed that the contract Jason Tatum is going to get is probably going to be seventy five million. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. Maybe. maybe. Yeah, well, and, it, and, it, it depends on, I think there are a lot of uh, conditions there. I mean, he has to make all NBA and stuff like that, right? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And my challenge is that, you know, they haven't won the championship. So, how yeah. do you pay them that kind of money? You know, uh, I'm not saying that they don't deserve it. I'm just saying it's, it's, uh, it's, that's a lot for your second player on the team to make. So, whew. I'm thankful. I'm happy for every player that makes every dime they get. And uh, but I don't know what's what's next for the Celtics. I'm, I'm trying to figure out. Uh, it's know, a fair say, question. Let's say they don't win it this year. What's next? What do they do after that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it, it's a fair question. I think yeah. uh, if things don't pan out, then you know you got to think: was it worth it? Yeah. To paying Jalen Brown that much. Yep. And then they can't. They probably won't be able to move him. You know mm-hmm. because. Too yeah, who's gonna who's gonna absorb that contract? No one's gonna get that, yeah. right? So yeah. it's crazy, but uh, but I'm happy. Yeah, only time will tell. Only time will tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? yeah. Well, he's a gen- he's a genius anyway, so he can, you know, do yeah. whatever. And I like Jalen. I think he's a good player. Um, and and I think it was smart for them to you know retain him uh, because I I think they should run it back. I don't think that, and I like the addition of Porzingis. Um, I think that's going to help him a lot. Um, yeah. so, you know, I, I don't know if they're the favorites, but they're, they're in the top four. Yeah, hopefully year. not. Hopefully not. Hopefully. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Okay. So Lakers that's good. So Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the guy that he wants to have dinner with. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Good. One last, just one last segment. Let's go. Hello, Porky. We call it Hello, Porky. This was the greeting that the commentator Famous commentator Joe Cantado would say to his son every night during the PBA games. So this is your chance, Ronnie. It's a, it's a long, you know, uh, life in basketball and in sports. Uh, anyone you'd like to greet, shout out to, acknowledge, uh, thank, you can do that now before we let you go. Oh, as far as uh, just anybody? Yeah, anyone. Yeah, now's the time. Uh, I'll say this. How about my mom? I'd like to thank my mom. Um, strong woman helped me, you know, develop into the person I am today. Um, You know, she raised me in inner city LA, you know, with no husband and basically kept me on the right path and gave me the opportunities I had today. And and I would say this, man, um, she's, uh, she's my rock and she's the reason. So I give her a shout out to my mom. That's it. Anyone else? That's it. Yeah, that's about it. And then my wife, of course, um, appreciate her being by my side and traveling with me all the way through. And I told her we're going to visit every place that we play. We're going to go back and visit when when our kids are done because, uh, you know, we we didn't really get a chance to experience it like we should. Uh, We were too busy working and trying to figure it all out. So we'll be back. Right. Yeah. And and I promised you I would tell you your PBA statistics. They're on the screen right now. 41 games. uh, 26.12 points, 14.88 boards, 3 and 37 assists. More than a steal and more than a block a game. Those are fantasy numbers. Those are fantasy right. numbers right there. Okay, so awesome yeah. stat line. Yeah, exactly. 15 games with Pure Foods, 26 with Sunkiss, one championship, one best import award, and lots of memories, of course, for Ronnie Grandison. And, well, you weren't much of a three-point shooter, so I won't, I didn't put up the three-point percentage there. The, <laughs> yeah. field goal, the field goal percentage was 60%, and the free throw percentage was about 77%, so pretty yeah. good numbers. 
except for the three-point shooting. That was really – that's not your thing. <laughs> yeah. So those, those were your numbers and solid numbers from a great import guy that everybody remembers as a hard worker and, uh, you know, not flashy but effective. That's Ronnie Grandison. Yeah, Thanks so much. Hey, guys, I want to say thank you for yeah. having me on the show. Uh, this is Our amazing. Pleasure. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, it was fun. This was fun. Yeah. yeah before so we let fun you for us, too. I just, I just yeah. want to add, I just want to add, well, we've had many guests on the show. It's 186 episodes. I just want to say you're one of the whole, the whole list. I mean, the person who's like the, thank the you, W-H-O-L-E, the wholest <laughs> person I, I, we've ever talked to on the show, and I learned yeah. a lot. And, and thank you for sharing your time with us. I, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you for having me on, and uh, you know, maybe we'll do it again. Yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. we can do it over dinner, over dinner yeah. here in the Philippines exactly. when you come yeah. over. There we yeah. go. We got that. In a Jollibee. I'm gonna hold you guys to that. All right. Noel's not, Noel's gonna pay for dinner, and I'll and Sid and I will yeah. tell all the as, stories. That we'll as long fine. as it's Jollibee, I'm buying. <laughs> okay. Marcus, Noel, he, he, he's a vegan, Noel. He, he's not gonna eat jelly beans. He can have fries. <laughs> that's why he's buying. Man. He, he knows. <laughs> Episode one eighty six. That was it. It's now in the books. Before we go, we'd like to thank, of course, our guest Ronnie Grandison. But we'd like to thank San Miguel Corporation because they keep us rolling on this show. They power our show in cooperation with Tuminugan Farm, Manila Cookie Story, and Fitbit. And then we thank PBA Archives and PH Sports Bureau for the photos and for all the uh, information we get on most of our guests here on the show. Happy birthday the past week to the uh, former guest Noli Banate, Ato Agustin, Ito Yasguera, Boy Mora, and Dodi Ramas. Dodi Ramas' birthday today. So happy birthday to our former guests, former PBA players. And then uh, what else are we going to okay. do? We'd like Can to I, say... I, no, I, I just want to say hi. It's happy birthday to my sister today. It's her birthday, Patricia. Uh, it's her birthday today. Happy right birthday, now. Patricia. Happy yeah. birthday. Cool. All right. So, uh, and good luck, of course, to Velocity Pickleball and uh, yeah. Ronnie Grandison Sports Academy. Keep going, my friend. So, that's Amazing. it for today. It's now in the books, 186. We will announce our next guest as soon as we can. I think you're going to like it once I confirm with this guest. And we will post it on our Facebook page. You guys need to follow us on our Facebook page to get all those notices, okay? So, for Sid Ventura. And for Noel Zarate, I'm Charlie Kuna. This has been an eternity of basketball. That's Ronnie Grandison. Thanks, Ronnie, for joining us. God bless you all. We'll see you Thank all you. next week. Thank Take you. care, Ronnie. I got to get your number for Coach Derek. He just messaged me now, so I'll get it from okay. you. Okay. okay. So I'll pass it on. All right. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Take care. God bless. Bye. Thank you, Carla.